This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I loved particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to being home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude I wanted to eat everything, and I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Before we get into anything, I just want to say thank you to you guys. A lot of you have been sending me messages or like commenting on Instagram posts, sending me emails, just expressing um, that you're praying for me and all of these things because I've been pretty open about just this, this caregiver transition that I'm in right now and just 
feeling the feels of, you know, the, what everything that's going on with my grandmother. So just thank you everyone for the kind words, especially those in the society. I was supposed to go live and do a session. I just didn't have it. Like I, it was just one of those bad days and everyone was just so supportive. So I just have to say thank you. I feel so grateful to have an audience who lets me be human and lets me feel the feels and doesn't hold it against me in any type of way. It it, it really helps the pressure not to be on um, during this difficult time. So thank you guys, just thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I have a couple of special announcements. So the first is we are doing a fast within the society. So for you guys that don't know, the society with myself and Kavaya is our membership community of the podcast. Like this is the place where we go beyond the messages and we grow together in faith and in business. And this community, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. And one of the foundations of our community is fasting. The Bible says that some things only come through prayer and through fasting. Fasting has been a huge part of my life. I remember a couple of years ago, I fasted for the first time. And that one day, that one day of me turning down my plate, I saw so many breakthroughs happen. And I, I was able to hear God clearly, the more clearly than I ever had up until that point. I was able to get prayers answered, things that I felt like were being held up. And I was getting radio silence about in my prayer time. I got clarity, I got instruction, and it was really just a mind-blowing experience for me. And then after that, God had actually instructed me to fast once a week for a year. And I think, forgive me if I get the um, the years wrong, I believe that was 2018 to 2019 where um, I fasted every Monday for a year. And I believe that that year of fasting was the foundation of me growing deeper in my relationship with God. And it was also a training ground and a training period that I believe a really prepared me for everything that came after that. And so fasting, like I said, the Bible says that some things only come through prayer and fasting. And that's why it's such a huge part of our community. And you guys know we do these fasts all the time. We do social media fasts, but this time this is going to be a food fast. It's three days from April 22nd through 24th. So this episode is being released on Sunday evening. Um, so whenever you're listening to this, it's going to be the 22nd through the 24th. You can sign up at blessedandbossedup.com slash fast. And in this fast, we are specifically fasting for the uprooting of strongholds. So this is a fast where we are specifically looking for breakthrough. So if you feel like some things have been held up, if you feel like you've been praying and not getting answers, if you feel like you're the generational curse breaker in your family and you're trying to shake some of these things that are, is in your life at no fault of your own, this is what we're fasting for. There's power in community. Um, and so we're going to be fasting from food. Um, for those days. We're also going to have some really powerful sessions. We're going to have a prayer call with Kavaya. We're going to talk about how to win in spiritual warfare with Latina, aka Miss Flawed and Free. I'm going to do a session called Faith in Action, where we're not going to just talk about having faith, but I'm going to do an exercise with you guys to where you'll be able to really see your faith be proven through your actions and your decision making. We're going to have a session about how to maintain your deliverance. We're going to have 
have a prophetic session with Prophetess Tanya Lofty. And then we're going to have a session called Therapy as a Christian with Rosalind Renee. So if, this is going to be serious. This is a very serious fast. This is a fast that God called. If I'm being completely honest with y'all, I wouldn't have planned a fast for this time because I is just a lot going on. But um, God said that this is what we needed to do. And so we're going to get it done and we're going to come together and, and turn down our plates uh, for the uprooting of strongholds. So it's free. Um, go to blessedandbossedup.com slash fast to sign up, to get the information and all of that. Now, last church announcement, calling all podcasters. So for any of you guys who are a podcaster or an aspiring podcaster, and you want to create a show that makes impact and income, Anchor Media, we are having our open house coming up in a couple of weeks in May. You can go to anchormedia.com for all of the information to learn about us, our services. We have some new services that we're rolling out and also to learn about our retreat called the Find Your Voice Academy Retreat. And this is our signature event for podcasters. This event has produced shows that have made impact and income. Like we say this all the time, but our profitable podcast system has created shows that are charting on the global scale. Um, shows are charting in South Africa. Shows are charting in Botswana. Shows are charting in here in the U.S. But shows are just charting and charting. And the host of these shows now have these lead generation machines that's causing their businesses to make money in their sleep. So I'm going to be talking to you guys about Anchor Media, how we serve podcasters, um, what our retreat is all about. We have one coming up in December that we're going to be opening up applications for. And so if you wanted to work with us, if you wanted to work with me on how to grow and monetize your podcast, go to anchormedia.com and sign up for our open house. All right, that's it. Got all the church announcements out. Okay, so boom. This episode, I'm actually going to revisit an interview that I did back in 2019 with a good friend of mine named Kristen Hopkins. It's called Dangers of the Mind. That's the name of the episode, but it's also the name of Kristen's company. This is probably top two and probably not even number two <laughs> interviews that I've ever done on this podcast. And I wanted to bring it back because Kristen's journey of faith just totally embodies everything and every message that we want to get across on this show. And so I'm bringing that back um, here on the show. If you haven't heard it before, hold on to your edges. If you have heard it before, don't skip sis. Listen to this again because it's timeless. We actually did a part two to this interview as well. So you can always go to blessedandbossedup.com and search like dangers of the mind or whatever topic to see all of our old episodes pop up. But again, this was probably the top interview that I've ever done on this podcast. And so I wanted to bring that back here for you guys. We have a new episode coming this week. I'm really excited. I have my message and I cannot wait to go in. Um, I'm going to be in my office for the latter part of the week. And so I wanted to do it then. So that way I can get on video and kill two birds with one stone. Like we got to create all this content. We got to work smarter, not harder. So we're going to do a replay this week. Um, and then next week, we're going to get not only a brand new episode, but also the video version of that as well on my YouTube channel. So without further ado, we are going to pay a bill and then the next voice you will hear will be my interview with Kristen Hopkins called Dangers of the Mind. This episode is brought to you by Rothy's. 
Have you heard of this company that's making stylish, sustainable shoes and bags? They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. If it's one thing that I've learned over the last year and some change is the importance of making sure that we're all doing our part in taking care of our environment. And that's one of the reasons that I personally want to partner with companies that have these sustainable missions and aren't just trying to make their pockets a better place, but are also making the world a better place. And so what I love about Rothy's is not just the amazing products that they have, but the fact that they are repurposing these water bottles and marine plastics to make these amazing shoes. I've recently ordered these ballet flats. They're called the Mary Jane, and they have this really, really cute bow on it. They're pointy toe. I'm somebody where heels it just ain't working for me no more, okay? My ankles can't take it. I'm tall. I'm carrying the baby. A bag is too much. And so I need shoes that are flat but are still cute and that are very comfortable. And what I love about Rothy's shoes is usually when you see flats, especially ballerina flats, they're very basic and plain, but their shoes are actually still stylish. They still have this flair that's going to make any outfit I wear better. Rothy's are available in a range of styles and come in ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. Rothy's shoes are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That's right, there's no break-in period. No, your feet hollering just so you can break the shoes in. They're ready to wear and are comfortable from day one. Rothy's has transformed nearly 100 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. Check out all of the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash blessed. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash blessed. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash blessed today. Let's get back to the show. Today's episode is actually an interview that I'm super excited about. I sat down with my homegirl, Kristen, and we really went into detail about her journey. And I'm super hyped because this was definitely top three interviews that I've ever done on this show. If Jessica's interview was reasonable doubt, then Kristen's interview is like the blueprint. This interview is so good. Um, If you have not gotten your tickets to the God is My CEO tour in Dallas, that's kicking off um, in June. I suggest you get those tickets ASAP. Kristen is one of my special guests, and we're going to dive deeper into a lot of things that we didn't even talk about on today's episode. So go to GodIsMyCEOTour.com right now to get your tickets. We have payment plans available. So if you don't have all the coins to get the ticket right now, you can go ahead and reserve your spot that way. So let me tell you a little bit about Kristen before we get into the interview. Kristen Hopkins is an international social entrepreneur dedicated to the holistic development of youth and young adults. As the founder and CEO of Dangers of the Mind LLC, Kristen has developed and implemented social-emotional, culturally responsive resources in schools, nonprofit organizations, and has brought her teachings to Haiti and Ghana. In 2016, Kristen became a recipient of the 30 Under 30 Award for Women of Excellence and Leadership. Ms. Hopkins is an esteemed author of multiple books, a curriculum and intervention kit for in-school suspension and youth detention centers. As a result, she has established a lifestyle brand via virtual coaching, a clothing line, and brand ambassadors that embody the dangers of the mind movement. 
Kristen looks to continue this work and be the voice of responsive resources for our disadvantaged youth of this generation and beyond. Now, without further ado, let's get into this interview. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat, 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 treat people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. The strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am really excited about today's episode, well, today's interview, because I talk about Kristen on the show all the time. I think I talked about you the last time I had said um, how we fasted, and I because I was talking about how the media company came about, and I said that I was fasting because I was fasting with you, and then I was telling people they need better friends if their friend's not going to fast <laughs> So it was a whole little thing. But then I had said that I was going to have you on the show. So I'm just so excited to have you here today. I mean, we met maybe like what, last year? Mm-hmm. Through the Cabo yep. trip? Yep. And Cabo. That's like, how amazing is it to be in Cabo, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you are just like so amazing. And I read oh. your bio so everybody knows all the dope accomplishments you have. But I really want people to get to know you because not only are you amazing in business, but you are such a powerful woman of God. And so with this show, I really just want people to understand how those two go together. So I'm gonna stop sizing you. I'm just gonna go to the beginning. <laughs> That's a DC term, y'all. <laughs> you knew the DC, so I had to get you with a new uh, a DC term, right? <laughs> but let's start from the beginning. So tell us how you got into entrepreneurship. Okay, um, and first and foremost, thank you so much for just having me on this podcast. I mean, blessing bossed up is everything to me. I love, <laughs> I love the society. I love the podcast. I love you, and I also love your book. You know, I have your God is my CEO book, and I use it all the time. So, just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, but me, how did I get into business? Um, well, yeah, let's take you back. Let's take it way back to when I was twenty-two. Um, I started my first company um, at the age of twenty-two. Um, it was a public relations and marketing firm with my old business partner, Katrina Highsmith. And um, it was just, honestly, it was during a recession and um, 2009. And uh, we didn't like, we had a job, you know, I had a job for uh, working for uh, corporate for McDonald's. So I did that for a year. Um, But I had my little business on the side that I tried to start, but it was just out of a, just having this entrepreneurial spirit out of nowhere. None of my family was entrepreneurs. Nobody I really knew was entrepreneurs. It was kind of just a, like jumped into the the field um, and uh, just kind of started from there. And I, I felt that the passion was like so strong. So I left my job after one year. I was actually doing really well at that company. And I left it after one year and I packed all my stuff up, moved to Atlanta and just started pursuing um, my career in public relations. Um, so I did that for about six years, six or six or seven years, and um, recently sold that business to my business partner and then went into another business. Um, but that's how I kind of jumped into entrepreneurship. So when I first started my first business, I'll just be honest, I didn't know what I was doing. I'll say that <laughs> I, was, I was like winging it, you know what I'm saying? For real, um, strong winging it, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was um, it was pretty successful, you know, so just imagining or just knowing what you know, God has done 
after really understanding the foundation of, of, of Christ, because in my first business, I didn't have that. I definitely didn't. I, I knew God. I, I obviously knew God who knew he was. I was been raised in the church, but I didn't have a foundation of him. So it wasn't like the business was built on, on Christ, you know? Um, and so that was a struggle uh, in my first business because I was like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hold, hold on now. Cause <laughs> this is a whole podcast in and of itself. Yes. How in the world did you just be like, cause uh, so many people struggle with the decision of I'm going to leave my job and, or preparing to leave the job yeah. to become a full-time entrepreneur. You was just like, um, I'm going to just do it. And yeah. we're going to see what happens. Like, were you oh, always oh. like that? Just naturally a risk taker or how did you get to that point? Tatum, I've always been like this. I've never changed. I've been a very stubborn person. If I want something, I want it. My whole family knows. It's like, it's just uh, something in me. If I, if I see something that I want, I'm going after it. Like, and I just felt like, you know, the, when I was sitting, I mean, after a year of being at my job, I was like, this isn't me. This isn't what I want. You know, and, and to be honest, I would never recommend no one to do this, though, because I literally jumped up. I didn't have that much saving. I didn't. It, it, I was young. I was young and I wanted to be in Atlanta as well. You know, I was living it. I went back um, after I graduated and got a job in Connecticut. So it was a difference. I, and I didn't want to be around the people that I grew up around because it was like they weren't feeding me. They weren't like allowing me to grow. It was just I felt stagnant. I felt complacent. I didn't feel like I, I was living like my dreams. And so um, I, I literally like sent in my resignation letter and my boss like was looking at me like, what? Like you are sitting here presenting for millionaires at the age of 22 years old for, you know, doing work for PR for McDonald's, like one of the top restaurant company, fast food restaurants. And you're telling us that you're about to leave. Like they were all looking at me crazy. My parents were like, you're crazy. Like you have a steady job and you got it right after college because I had really, really good internships. And, um, I did a lot of amazing things in college that prepared me for this like job that was so good. But I just, I didn't, in my heart, it was like, I can't do this. And it was like one of those things where I didn't even like question it. And I just was like, I'm out. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I still don't even understand how I even had the boldness to do something like that. Yeah. So, but then you moved to Atlanta and you sold the business. How did you even go about that? Cause I think that's a, that's an important factor in and of itself because a lot of people do um, leave businesses that they're doing with partners and they mm -hmm. don't think to, or don't really know how to sell it. So yeah. how did you go about even that part? So really just like, um, like season into season, like how to, you know, I had to get a lawyer to get in and we had to talk about it because to be honest, like I was holding on to that business for the dear life of me. Like mm -hmm. I was holding on and it was to a point where I was like, I kept hearing God say like, Kristen, I'm sending you into a different direction. And, you know, I love my, you know, ex-business partner so much. And so I, I think I was so like tied to our relationship and what we mm -hmm. built. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't let her go now. I can't tell her that I can't do this anymore. But I felt that for a long time, to be really honest. Um, and in my heart, like, I felt like this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing anymore. And I had also started my other company, Dangers of the Mind, I had started that already in the midst of me doing that business. So it was just really about, you know, getting a lawyer in place and saying, okay, what have we, what do we have? What have we made? You know, how can we uh, turn this into... Um, you taking everything. So she actually, the name was Cage Two Public Relations, and she's and she now has it as the Highsmith Group, but do, still doing business as you know Cage Two Public Relations because she has. We had a lot of contacts 
through that um through that business um but it was just really about so we we didn't know we were young too so we didn't know how to really do all of that but we brought mm-hmm. a lawyer in set some paperwork up and you know analyze where we were where we started at and you know analyze what what we had put on um so some of our business credit cards and you know what we used and how we had to pay that off and you know we really we really were really mature about it which was a blessing um yeah. because we both were in transitioning like she was like oh lord what you know what am i about to do because we were both so used to being together so to mm-hmm. kind of separate ourselves was a very, very hard transition. And I would say it was a very hard transition for me. I don't know how much for her so much, but for me, it was it was very hard. That's a really good good point. Something you said I wrote down was be mature in your business. Mm-hmm. And even though you were young in age, like you said, you were mature in your business. So yeah. I think that's something that, or mature about your business. Yeah. So that's something that everybody that's listening really needs to take he too, it doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter if you don't know what's going on. If it's business related, you need to find the experts who know what's going on. So if you're right. trying to figure out even how to start your business or how what how to legally form your business, right. don't go to, uh, what is it, LegalZoom. No. Get you a lawyer, somebody that yes. knows the law in your area, knows business law in your area. Right. Um, talk to them, go to, even if you can't, let's say, find or afford a lawyer, going using resources like the uh, Small Business Association or whatever, just be mature about your business. I think these days it's so easy to just put up an Instagram page and say you're an entrepreneur or just say, hey, I saw a post today. It was in a, a Facebook group. Uh, I don't even know why I'm even still in this group. But it was a <laughs> Facebook group and somebody was like, hey, I want to, um, they said I want, I want a side hustle and I'm thinking about doing graphic design. Is it okay if I only know how to use Canva? What? So... <laughs> You want to just go and take templates and create stuff and call yourself a graphic designer so you can collect a couple coins on the side. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's not even ethical. You don't Mm -hmm. know what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's so easy to just say, hey, I'm open for business that people aren't as mature about things as they need to be. Even for me building this media company now, I'm like, okay, there are some things on paper, everything is cool. Like legally we're good, but there's still some things that I need to do to make sure that this business is being built to the caliber of what it's, it's going to become. Like yeah. this is this is my own network, you know, Oprah Winfrey Network. This is my multi-million dollar thing that God is going to use to not only make me millions, but allow me and everybody attached to me to impact millions of people. I need to be mature about that. Yep. Exactly. So anybody too that is listening to this show, the business that you're starting is something that God has given you this vision. You need to be mature about it. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to him. You owe it to the people that you're going to go out there and help. So don't take starting businesses lightly. I mean, of course you're going to make mistakes. Of course it's going to be stuff you don't know. Like all of that is fine. It's a part of the journey, but be mature about it as well. So yeah, I had to just dive in on that one real quick. (laughs) <laughs> and don't make the mistakes I made because I definitely made that mistake, you know, um, and I was so excited to jump in. And it wasn't even a time of like Instagram and everybody was in entrepreneurship like that. This was back in the day. So it was just it was just a fire in me, to be honest. Um, but to I had to really grow that, you know, and, and learn more. Um, but I, I learned a lot in, in my first business and I, I would never take it back. I would never like regret it because it, it really was like the foundation of who I am now. Um, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. 
So then you said you started Dangers of the Mind while you were there. So then after you sold it to her, you guys got everything um, taken care of legally. What happened after that? Um, so I, well, well, before that, let me just say something that's very important um, to even how Dangers of the Mind was, came about because um, I was living uh, very well in Atlanta, I would say, as far as like I lived in Buckhead. Um, I had a rooftop, had a pool, you know, like, and I lived there for, that was my first place I ever had in Atlanta, loved it. And um, I was also like turned up all the time. And so I lost um, three major things happened in my life. And I mentioned this in my book, and this is the foundation of my book, Dangers of the Mind, talks about um, how I lost my, um, well, first my computer crashed, um, um, the next month, my uh, I was drive, driving home. Well, first of all, I actually was in a car with some some people um, coming from the club. And then once I got out the car, I was like really persistent to go home. And they were like, oh, no, let's party. Let's send the party. And I had been drinking really, really bad. Like I was drunk. But I, like the thing about me when when I used to be drunk, like off my behind, like you wouldn't tell. So I like I was still like a person that was very functional. So like um, I got in the car and I ended up driving home because my house was literally around the corner um, and I spun around seven times and smacked into a pole. I had um, I had uh, hit water. It was like torrential downpours um, and mm-hmm. my car was totaled. And then the month after that, my uh, condo flooded. So, of course, God was like, girl, like, hold on, chill out, stop, you know. And so he really like told me like. I, I lost everything. I literally lost everything. And I had to come to such a humble place to go back to North Carolina and, and stay with my parents. And I stayed with them for like a year. Um, but it's crazy because when I walked in the door to my, uh, my parents' house, I heard dangers of the mind. But as mm-hmm. soon as I walked in and I went upstairs to my mom's um, office and I like grabbed a red pen. That was the only pen I could find. And I wrote dangers of the mind down. Um, and it was just, crazy because the next day I had no computer. The next day I opened up my mom's laptop and I just started writing. And that is really what started the book, Dangers of the Mind. And then from that book, it just spiraled into all these different things. So that's what made me start a company because I was like, oh my God, you know, I need to start something with this because I'm getting booked to speak and, you know, the book is out and, you know, but it it really, I wrote that book, um, in a matter of three months. And then I, in order to get like, uh, editor and to get a graphic designer and to go through the whole process of getting all the things you need to self publish my book. Um, I end up publishing the book in nine months. And so God revealed to me that you just birthed a baby, you know, this is a baby. It's a, this is a gift to the world. Um, and this is, this is what, what I'm, I'm using you to speak to the people and save a lot of people's lives. So that's how the whole company was even brought about was through that first book. So I wanted to make that very clear because it wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like, oh, dangers of the mind. You know, it was really it was really a, a amazing like process that happened through through me. Yeah. Yeah. So take me back to that place, though, where because I can only imagine how you felt. Mm hmm. When you go through the, I mean, you live in your best life in Atlanta, best like life. every 20 something's dream yes. is to be out in these streets, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> make your money. The whole, the whole day change, girl. I walk my dog and the whole day change. I'm like, oh, day party. Oh, I'm going here. Like I was living. Exactly. And so that's, I mean, hey, and that's how we live. Right. And right. especially in the major cities, I know right. in DC, 
that's a big thing too. But you, you're living your best life for what it was at that point. Right. You get into this accident, you get humbled, you got to move back home, you lose everything. Uh How did that feel? And then how did you pull yourself out of that to be able to birth this thing that God gave you? So when I tell you, like, even thinking about this moment right now just brings like fear a little bit sometimes to my heart because I never want to go back to that place because I like promised myself, I even promised God because I was in such a, a low space. I mean, it was, it was such a depressed place. I was like in a place where like my moods would change. Like one morning I'll be really, really happy. The next morning I'll be so sad. I'll be sleeping all day. Like it was like, it was bad Um, because I had success so early in life that when I lost it all, I didn't know what to do. I like, and I was also, my, my identity was wrapped around in my success. So like when I lost everything, I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, and like I told you, there was really no foundation of Christ in my, in my first business. I, we, we would pray, you know, on the phone and we would do those type of things, but there was, there was no, like, we got to le- let God lead this deal versus us, you know? And so I learned the difference in that. And that time was just, um, when I had lost it all, it was just a, a very dark space for me. Um, but God got me out like in writing. Um, I learned that when I write, um, God allows me to get through situations through my writing, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. like I'm writing actually a book right now and God is like literally taking me out of situations. He's giving me strategies to get out of the situations I'm in as I'm writing this book. So every book that I, to date, that I believe that I'll ever write in life, I'm literally going through it as I'm writing it. So mm-hmm. ranges of the mind, I was literally going through every single attack that was against my thought life that shifted my progress. That is danger of the mind. So I was going through fear. I was going through brokenness. I was going through insecurities. I was going through complacency. I was going through distractions. I was going through perception issues of just like, you know, being a certain way. And then now I don't have anything and feeling like everybody's looking at me like I don't have something and caring about what other people think. I was going through a lot of pride issues and a lot of ego, you know, so all those different dangers of the mind that were attacking me, I literally had to identify them. I had to become aware of those things. And then I had to say, okay, I'm no, I'm no longer going to be a victim of these things, but I'm going to turn this around and do you know, honestly, through biblical scriptures and through prayer and through meditation and through really seeking God and through a lot of prayer from my family, a lot of prayer. My family is, um, my mom is an elder. My dad is a deacon. My aunts are pastors. My whole family is in the church. And so all of them were literally like praying prayer word. I felt the prayers. It was like, you are not going to get stuck in this thing. You know, you are going to get out of this thing. And you, because God was, he was trying to get my attention. I mean, the the way I was going and the path I was going in Atlanta, it would have destroyed me. I, I literally was, I was setting myself up for destruction. And so if I didn't get out of there, if he didn't snatch all those things up from me, I would have been destroyed. So. That's good. And, and I took two things out of that. One for you guys. One, God is just, he's a God of grace. Yes. You know what I mean? Grace and mercy. And so I think it's such a blessing how something that was so tragic turned out to be something that is so amazing as we get deeper into where your business has gone. I think 
it's just a reminder, even to me as I'm listening, and I want you guys to take note of this as you're listening, just how God works and how gracious he is and how we turn back to him because he gives us the free will to do whatever. So she could have went home, got a job, got herself back on her feet, and then headed back to Atlanta to continue whatever she was doing. And she wouldn't be in a position that she is today. So it just shows just how good God is and how he will make the things that even the situations you got yourself into work out for your good when you turn back to him. Right. And another thing too, that I wanted to um, touch on is, um, dang, I forgot. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, (laughs) dang, I forgot as I was talking, but anyway, um, I did want to touch on as well. You were saying that your, oh, now I remember. How then did you take this book that you created? You came up with these dangers of the mind and you're working things out as you're going through it. You took this and you said you wanted to turn it into a business. How did you decide that this was going to be a business and education? Because most people may have looked at it like, oh, I'm going to, let's say, be a life coach and help people that are struggling through their 20s or whatever. That seems like the easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. But how did you take this and say, no, I'm going to build a curriculum and put them into schools? This was all God. Like, I can't even explain to you, Tatum. There's no explanation for how this book turned into, like, an education. But I will say that I do have a good friend named Portia um, who uh, called me, like, in 2015, no, the the beginning of 2015, I think. And she was, like, um, she was actually on a bus coming from New York, and she was reading my book. And she was like, Kristen. Like, she was like, your book is SEL all day. And I was like, okay, you know, like, mm-hmm. and she was like, no, Kristen, no, I need to, you to understand this. Like you literally, this is like God given. Like she was like really affirming me. And, you know, I hear like people was calling me and like, oh my God, I relate to your book so much. And like all these different things and like Facebook and me. And I was like, thank you so much. Like people was doing all of that. But when she, when she said that, that was just confirmation for me because my aunt is, um, she has been in, uh, in the district and education for a very long time. And she told me the same exact thing. So when Portia called me, I was like, okay, God, what do you, what do you want me to do with this? Like, what, what am I supposed to be doing with this? And so literally I just started reading and reading and reading. Like all I was doing was reading, trying to understand how to correlate social emotional learning skills with like practical life but then also how to correlate them with the dangers of the mind that God had given me. He's like these attacks that constantly happen against your thought life that delay progress, like major progress every single day. And so he started downloading to me about how there are so many people in this world that, that are not moving forward due to fear that are, you know, that are stagnant, um, that are seeing their dreams pass them by. And I'm like, well, how can I allow them to understand this on a deeper level through social emotional learning? And this is when SEL wasn't as big as it is now. So like, it was still like a, a conversation and like very, very small, like conversation. But right now it's such a huge conversation. And I could have never saw this coming. I could have never knew that the field that God was pushing me into was literally the field that was about to be this, this huge deal as it is right now and today. Yeah. Cause I definitely didn't hear about SEL until, cause even back when I was doing the queen Academy, I wasn't nope. hearing about nope. SEL. It wasn't until 
I think the teacher that I know that um, works at one of the schools you work at, I think he's the first one who introduced it to me. But mm. now it's definitely something that's becoming big. And I think you talking about how God was downloading things to you and you were getting um, confirmation. It's just a testament to how God is the ultimate strategist. And I love your story because okay. we talk about making God the CEO. And a lot of people talk about it as like as far as like, God gave me this business idea and then they skip all the way to the success. Right. But they don't talk about how God will give you the strategy in the details. Even when we were talking beforehand about like what I'm doing and things like that, I was like, I didn't even know any of this stuff was an option right. <laughs> until like this business model that I've created and then I'm growing it, who, who do I go to be like, how did you do this? They don't exist. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's only God that will say, Hey, do this this way. This is how you get the person, reach the person. This is how you formulate this. So God will really give you the strategies if you seek him. Mm -hmm. Um, so you got into SEL. So how did you get into the first school? Um, so basically, uh, I, so after I developed what I had, I was like, okay, so I need to test this out. Right. I was like, I need, cause I was like, I don't even know if this is going to work, you know, like to be honest, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like God, you gave this to me. I believe it's going to work, but I don't know if it's going to work. So, um, my same friend who was like SEL, SEL, um, I was literally, uh, I went to one school first, uh, and it was in North Carolina and they were like, Oh, you don't have, you know, you don't have any data. Like, you know, we don't want to pilot it. And they didn't want to pay me to pilot it. And so I just kept hearing God say, no, like, that's not it. That's not where you need to go. And so then, um, then poor, uh, Portia, she had a, um, principal at one of her schools she works at that it's an alternative school. And so, um, I kept hearing like, this is where you need to be. Like, this is where you need to be as far as, um, like, challenging kids. Um, and so at first I'm like, okay, God, are you sure? Like, you know, like, are you sure? And so I went and spoke with her principal, um, and we just connected on all different levels, like from our background, from like us, like with our relationships with our fathers to, I mean, we was in the office in tears, like, to be honest with you, it was, <laughs> it was the most relatable conversation. And she was like, I'm gonna pick my top kids, my top 50 kids in this school that I feel like really need this program. She was like, and I want you to test this with them. 25 kids, one semester, 25 kids, another semester. So I was like, bet, let's do it. You know? So I literally packed up all my stuff and moved to DC in 2016, um, on faith. Everything I do, Tatum, is on faith. I just want to stress that because it may not make sense to you, but I'm telling you at the end, you're going to say, oh, wow, wow, like, wow. Like even me moving back to D.C. recently was all faith and God just opened like the doors like wide. And so um, I, you know, came and I tested it. Um, I had my first 25 kids. I had kids literally from wearing ski masks to school and it wasn't because they was cold. You know what I'm saying? They was out <laughs> doing what they was doing before they came to school. Um, I had girls that were 13, 14, dropping their babies off before they came to school. Um, I just, I had a, one, one, one of my kids was, was shot four times at the age of 14 and fully recovered. Um, wow. you know, I had kids that was on K2, losing their minds and got them on track. And so I seen something as I was literally teaching this class, I was 
uh, like allowed to to be able to see what God was doing. Like I literally saw his vision, not mine, but his vision come to like full circle and just be my reality. So every day that I was in there, I considered what I was doing in honor, but I also considered it mission work and evangelistic work at the same time, because I was literally like pulling these kids out of places that they were so low, their minds were mentally in such a low state and really giving them their power back, you know, allowing them to understand who they are through culturally responsive resources that are going to be relatable to them and that are going to allow them to express themselves in ways that they have not before. Um, but, you know, that that's where that, that started. And that's, the, that's how it ended. I mean, that started. So once, once I got in that school, and I, I proved that this program worked. Um, then the district picked it up to try it in all the Choice Academy schools um, in Washington, D.C. And then from there, you know, I didn't the first time I, I did this, to be honest with you, I didn't even have like hardcore data because I was focused on like, does this work? Like I was focused on like seeing the kids, seeing the effects of the kids. I, I didn't even think about like to get the data. I didn't even think about that. And then, but I did get like testimonials. We did a huge video. Um, and I wasn't even in the video. I didn't even hear, I heard God say like, isn't, this is not about you. You know, that this is not about you. So I didn't even get in the video. It was literally, uh, teachers, psychologists, social workers, principals, and district leads, and the students that came and talked about the impact of the program. And from that one video, um, allowed me to get into the schools I'm in now. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. I'm really big on knowing what I'm putting into my body, especially when it comes to something like a multivitamin that I'm going to take every single day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients and bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. So you're not going to find any sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and the delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins really easy. I like Ritual because I'm not a big pill popper and I don't like to take things in pill form because it's hard for me to swallow them. And then on top of that, you just don't really know what's in these pills. And if they're created in a way that my body can take the things that I'm putting into it and use it. But what I love about Ritual is very easy to swallow the vitamin for one. And it has this really minty taste. I've taken vitamins before that had this fishy, nasty smell. So if I just so happen to bite it or something like that, it's disgusting. But Ritual goes down easy. I know that it's no junk in it and my body is actually going to get what it needs. Plus, the minty taste is the icing on the cake. Now available for women, men, and teens, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life changes. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping, always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash blessed to start your ritual today. Let's get back to the show. Oh, there's so much I want to pull out of this story. I'm trying to stay on my course. Okay. So how many schools are you in now? So right now we're in eight schools um, and in three different districts. 
So, um, and that's a blessing in itself because we are still, I'm testing um, a theory of change model that I've developed, um, which I'm really excited about. And, um, and I had to, but the thing about it that was so difficult to me was that um, I, the, I, I would say the reason why it took me so long was because I'm in an alternative, I'm in alternative settings and I always want to be known um, as someone that is being called, their company is called when they have challenging students that they need help with. And so mm-hmm. being in this type of space is very challenging in itself because not only was I pioneering social and emotional learning, you know, but I was also, and I am still also pioneering um, just the, the uh, how can I say it, the, the consistency of teachers to teach this program. And, and especially in these spaces, because we have a lot of teachers that are burnt out, a lot of teachers that are not as consistent because, you know, you may have a kid that can cuss them out in two minutes before a social emotional class. So they're like, well, I'm about to teach this kid that just cussed me out some social emotional skills. You know, they feel in some type of way. And so it's harder to um, to really like get the the program up and going in the in these spaces. Um is as it opposed to it being like a, a comprehensive school, you know? Um, so to God be the glory, you know, we are in these eight schools in three different districts. And then this year coming up, I'm really, really excited because we have right now we're talking to about six new districts um, about having the curriculum all throughout the districts. But then also um, I have another resource, not just my curriculum. I have an intervention kit, which is for in-school suspension. And so God gave me this. This is all all God. I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you it's all God. And I want to stress that because all my writing, like when I tell you, I don't even remember sitting down and writing. I remember, I remember sitting down and writing, but I don't remember like how God gave me these ideas. Like, I believe that the Holy Spirit seriously wrote a lot of the things that I'm doing because like what, like I prayed one day for my intervention kid. I said, um, God, how do you want me to develop this? And I went and I started going to different, um, schools and sitting in on their ISS. And I was like sitting there and I was act like a visitor, literally taking a visitor pass and asking them if I could just, you know, uh, view their in-school suspension, see how it looked. And I saw so many kids that were like heads down, listening to YouTube, a lot of young black boys, actually, you know, um, majority of them were young black boys that were literally just in there doing nothing. And so I'm like, where's the self-reflection piece? And so that's when, of course, God started downloading, downloading, downloading everything um, to, to me to start writing scenarios, just scenarios that kids go through every single day. And then relating those scenarios to how they can learn a social emotional skill through that specific scenario. So, of course, every single scenario that comes to life, like I had a dream um, one night and the dream was basically like fear. It was emoji of fear. And the fear was like, looking me in the face and was like, Hey, my name is fear. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I, the dream was crazy. But then when I woke up, I, I literally started writing my intervention kit like that. So every single, um, scenario is a, the danger of the mind is personified. So they're emojis. Like they're, they're literally my mm-hmm. graphic designer d- developed emojis. And, and it's like fear. You have a place of brokenness where the emojis look sad. And you're like, hi, my name is brokenness. And you're reading as if it's personified, you know, as a actual character. Mm. And so that's how they, that's how the intervention kit was, was created. And I just developed scenarios on, on top of that. But that was, um, crazy in itself how how that happened um so not only do did god provide me with one resource there was another that came as well 
This is so good. So let me ask this before I get into my questions. <laughs> let, let me ask this for those, because I do know that there are people who listen to the show who are in the education field or they want to develop programs and things. I think you have successfully like navigated this space. Mm-hmm. How did you go about even, let's say, pricing the business when it comes to schools? Because some schools may be like, we don't have the budget for that or try to cheapskate um, companies that come in, how did you navigate that to be able to build the business that not only got into these places, but got compensated appropriately for it? Yeah. So, I mean, I had a couple of different, um, people in the field that gave me insight advice, which was like all glory be to God, because I really didn't, didn't know, but I also had to price out my living and my, like how, like how I could sustain myself teaching this program and sustain my rent like I had to really break it down to myself you know like and and also um purchase these products because the thing about education that people might not know is that you have to put products up like before you get paid um majority of the time so like their checks don't come for like 30 to even 60 days you know sometimes Mm -hmm. so you have to have a lot of the capital up front and so the principal um that I worked with she ended up just um, telling me like, hey, listen, um, you know, I'm going to bring you to a district level and I want them to pay for this program because I don't have the budget for it. And um, when I went there, they end up funding me more than I even they, they started requesting, you know, amounts. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, OK, OK. But, you know, I think that um, I think that in, in, in the educational system, we have to just understand our worth and understand that we're bringing uniqueness to the table. If you are having a relevant program or, or a program that is uh, unique and innovative, then you you can't sell yourself short because there's nothing like what you have. And in 2016, I mean, there's, there's companies now that are starting to do some of the similar work that I'm doing now, but in 2016, there was nothing what I was doing on the market at all. And, and, Till now, I still think it's not as like, I guess, as in depth or, you know, or as many components as what my program offers now. And so or especially in in social emotional learning. So I think that that just knowing your worth and understanding like what you what you cost, because I mean, I messed up sometimes, too. I'll I'll say like I was excited and be like, oh, I'll just take it just to take it, you know. Um, But I will say that there are five figure opportunities, you know, for you. Uh, in this space where you shouldn't even like question that, like you shouldn't even question, you know, any of um, any of, of what you have, because you got to think about it, building a curriculum, uh, even building those resources. It takes time. It takes a lot of your time. So if you add up your hours, you know, that you've done this work. There should be no question about what your worth is um, in this industry. And so I like I'll like I'll. I can't really disclose, I guess, the the number amount, but what I will say is that my first deal was over six k. So, like, and that was only, and that was only for um, like a matter of fifty students. So, yeah, that's really good information. And I think even too for those who are looking to get into this type of work, she had her ducks in a row as far as speaking the the school system's language. Yeah. You know, she understood that here's this social emotional learning trend in the education field. Let me incorporate that into what I have. So now I'm coming and speaking the things that they want to hear, the trends that's going on and what they have going on, the stuff that's going to set them apart from other schools and things like that. And then you had 
had your um, curriculum, you had your intervention kits that were specifically for students who are in in school suspension. So you had the things together too. So for y'all who are building these businesses, make sure that you have something that is worth the money and not only the time that goes into it, but have your ducks in a row too. a curriculum that has benchmarks that ha- that will be able to show right. them numbers that has a track record of increasing attendance or right. the things that the schools are looking for. You need to make sure that you have that together. And I think something that's um, important that you said was you went and you tested the program so that one, you could see if see that it works and two, so that you can have data. That's important as well. I think a lot of times when, whenever it comes to, and that's not even just specific for education, whenever it comes to business, I think that we're always taught a charge your worth, charge your worth or whatever, but you ain't really do nothing yet to know what your worth worth is. Like what, yeah, charge your worth, but like, where are the, where are the receipts? Okay. That, (laughs) that you're actually going to accomplish what it is that that you say you're going to accomplish. So I think that's something that anybody in in any industry could take, take for their business, make sure you're testing things, making sure you're getting data, making Mm -hmm. sure you have actual programs and curriculums for the things that you're doing. Um, Something I wanted to really point out, if you guys didn't get it just by hearing her story, she said that she went from PR to now working in (laughs) education. So I'm positive that you going into this education background or these education sector where these people have these these masters in educations, these PhDs, I'm sure these stay snooty in some of the positions like because it be like that sometimes. Like, how did you deal with that feeling of being unqualified? Because that's a trend. That's a trend of God's. OK, he will have you doing all types of stuff. You know, you ain't got no business doing on paper. Yep. So <laughs> so how did you navigate that feeling and not only just navigate it, but overcome it enough to continue to push in this industry? So, girl, listen, now, <laughs> this is like a serious question. I'm so happy you asked this question because I was intimidated after intimidated after intimidated. Like I would go into places where I'm this young, like, and at the time I was 20, I was 26, 27. So like, I'm going into board meetings with like doctors and, you know, doctor in this and a doctor in this. And they're looking down at me like, okay, what you're in what field? Like I had to go through that so many times. I got so many no's like, so many no's. And at the end of the day, I still get no's. Like this is not, I'm still going through this to this day. Um, but God just sets me up for a favor. I'm telling you, like the people I meet, they just resonate with my story. They kind of like jump on my story so much. And, and, and they, they understand like the passion behind it. I hear a lot of times, people always say like, I hear your passion through your voice. Like I, like, you don't even have to tell me you're passionate. Like I hear it in your, your voice. And so um, that means a lot to me because I really, really, really love what I do. I mean, it doesn't feel like work to me. I'm excited every day when I wake up that I can do what I do. But what I will say is that I had to really like hone in on God. You gave this to me. You would not leave me in here looking foolish you would not leave me in here looking stupid, looking dumb, you know, or even feeling that way, you know. And then um, a while back, like probably about five or six years ago, um, 
one of my uh, pastors in Connecticut, who was also like a grandmother to me, she had spoke over my life and told me that I would walk into rooms with people of, of a certain caliber, people uh, in that's high up in their industries, and they would be like waiting for me. Like I would walk in that room and they would know my name before I knew, knew my, I mean, before I knew who they were. And she was stressing the fact that I would feel so intimidated by these people, but these people will be intimidated by me. And so mm-hmm. God kept reminding me of that word as I was going into places, as I was presenting to people, as I was, you know, like just trying to push my products and my resources out to so many different schools. He would remind me of the that word. And then he also told me, hey, Kristen, listen, like, you know, and I, this was in my um, in my um, quiet time. It was about uh, I was I was actually at my aunt's house before I transitioned to my place um, in D.C. Uh, he told me that um, he reminded me of my name. You know, he, he reminded me who I was. And it was really powerful to me because Kristen is a follower of Christ. And then Danielle is God is my only judge. And then Hopkins is renowned fame. And so he reminded me, like, I didn't, I didn't name you follower of Christ for no reason. Like you're, you're my, like, you're following me. Like you're not following other people. And then he made, he reminded me that I'm your judge. Nobody's going to sit here and judge you on what you don't have and what you do have. I am your judge, you know? So like for my middle name to mean God is my only judge. Like, Mm -hmm. and for him to show me that, like, it just was so powerful to me. Um, and so I started gaining so much confidence. And of course, uh, you know, he's, he, he talked to me also about, you know, God doesn't qualify or call the qualify. He qualifies the called and you're called. And so he kind of re- reminded me all the time, Kristen, I've called you to this field. I've called you to this work. You know, like all you have to do is be bold and walk in it. And so I know on the back of my, um, on the back of uh, my first book, I have, um, walk in the confidence uh of knowing um it says something I don't, I don't have my book on me but it says like um be confident even when you don't know where you're going basically is what it's saying mm-hmm. and so that's how I was feeling at the time it was like god I don't know where I'm going I don't even know where you're about to have me tomorrow but I'm gonna be confident in this thing because you told me to and so that's that's really what I had to what I had to learn and what I had to stand on and what I still to this day stand on because I know he placed me here. I know he placed me in this field for a reason. And I know he's placed me here to do something innovative that people haven't seen before in education. Girl, I'm finna throw this computer. (laughs) (laughs) This computer is two seconds from being launched across this room. Oh my gosh. But when you were talking, it reminded me of something I posted in um, the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. So mm-hmm. I started reading um, the Bible from the beginning mm-hmm. because, I don't know, I just wanted to. And I felt yeah. like, let me just start from the beginning to get the context. Because, you know, a lot, when you get to a certain point in your faith, like the bits and pieces of scripture really don't work no more. Like mm-hmm. you really have to. And I think. Well, let me not say when you get to a certain point, I think everybody should start this way, seeking just full understanding of God Mm -hmm. and not just picking out what works for the situation or whatever, but really just seeking to understand him as a whole. And anytime you want to understand something or you want to get the point of a book, like you start from the beginning. So for me, I want to just start from the beginning. And so as I was reading through um, and I finished, I finally finished numbers. It took me so the, the first couple, like, Leviticus and um, 
no, the beginning of numbers is like a lot, mm. but, um, <laughs> but anyway, so I was reading numbers and so I finished it today and, um, I have this really good study Bible and it was talking about how, like the people of Israel just never got it. Like they just never mm-hmm. could get it right. Like, and it's as frustrating as it was for me reading it, like, oh my God, they complain all day. Like they don't never do what God tell them to do. It's the same as how we act. But what really stuck out to me today was, um, at the end, it was talking about how they were, they were pretty much getting ready to go into the promised land. So we, this is like literally right at the end of numbers. And, um, it talked about, and so in my study Bible at the bottom, it summer, it summarizes what the text is saying, but then it also like give, tells you what happens next or whatever. So it talked about how basically God was telling the people of Israel in this chapter, how um, when you get into the promised land, I need you to destroy everything and everybody. And I need you to get rid of all their idols or whatever. This is what I need you to do when you, when you get there. And when they got there, they didn't do that. And the reason why they didn't do what God told them to do is because they didn't understand why God was giving them that instruction. Mm. And so that was a huge, that one that's disobedience, right? That was the the first thing they was disobedient, but how many of us are disobedient because we don't understand what God is doing. He's telling us to go into education, but I come from a a PR background. I was doing PR for McDonald's education. I don't got an education degree. I don't have a master's in education. I don't have a PhD. I'm not doing that. So, and then a lot of us, especially in entrepreneurship, we procrastinate, which is still disobedience. Mm-hmm. So just like them, because we don't understand what God is doing, we don't listen. So then what happened after they, they got there and was disobedient, they compromised. So then they, because they didn't destroy everything that, that he told them to, they, they were intrigued by it. They were like, oh, what y'all doing? Oh, okay. So they started compromising what they knew. Where up until this point, like, and it's crazy because these people who, these people of Israel, so back in um, the previous chapter, God, uh, he sent the people, the 12 representatives of the tribes to go and scout out the promised land. So -hmm. they came back. 10 of them was like, nah, it's crazy over there. We ain't no way we going to beat them people over there. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb was like, no, nah, we good. Like we need to go over there and take the land like God told us to. So the people of Israel listened to the majority report as opposed to what Caleb and Joshua said. So they start complaining, rebelling against God, talking about Aaron and Moses and all of that. So because of that, God said, you know what? Y'all not even going to the promised land. I'm about to send you wandering for 40 years until you die off. And then I'm gonna let your kids go. So this, now these people of Israel that I'm talking about that are going into the promised land, these are the kids. So these are the people who should know better because they wandered around with their parents for 40 years until their parents' generation died all. So not only did they not learn anything, they still went, they, they, not only did they experience the consequences of disobedience. So how many times have we, and I ain't going to start preaching, I'm going to get back to it, I promise. But how many times like, did, have we been disobedient or seen the consequences of other people's disobedience and still didn't follow God anyway. So they were, they did the same thing. They went into this new territory. And like I said, because they didn't understand what God was doing, 
they started compromising. And the problem with when you compromise is you open up the door for corruption. So now because they compromised of the practices, the idolatry and things that was going on in that land, then they started getting corrupt. Then they started uh, having idols Then they started rebelling against God even more and all of these things. And so I, I, I say all of that to say, and that ultimately led to like their own destruction. But I say all that to say, it's so important for us to be obedient to God when we don't understand what it is that he's doing, because that's just setting us on a path to keep going further and further away from him. Right. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I, what I love about your story is that your story is a, a story of, of consistently being obedient to what God said, even when it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ask you, I want to dive really into the faith stuff right now. When did that, like, how did you get to that level of trusting God? Like, I know you said that you grew up in church. A lot of your, your family is involved in church, but there was a time where you got off of God. So tell me about that. Like when you got away from the things of God and then what brought you or what brought you back? Yeah. Conviction, you know, conviction Mm -hmm. brought me back every single time every single time. And I think that, you know, um, God is, you know, you got to treat God as like, yeah, I wouldn't say your homeboy, but you know, he's your father, you know? Um, so like for me, like, um, growing up, I actually, I don't know my real father. And so, um, that is a whole nother podcast in itself, but, um, that really was a, a vulnerable place for me. And so, not knowing that I've really had to lean on, like I have a stepfather and I love him dearly, um, but I had to lean on God as being my father. So like, for instance, when I would turn my face away from God, you know, and, and not follow the rules or not be obedient, um, it was always like a consequence Consequence come. And the co- consequence would be like, like much harsher than my friend that did the same exact thing. And she wouldn't be penalized as much as me. So I started feeling like some type of way, like, why am I getting like into so much more trouble? It seems I'm having more struggles with getting out of this consequence or this problem. But everybody else is like, oh, yeah, it was, you know, it was a breeze. I got through it. But for me, it was like 10 times harder. And so I started realizing that God was like literally, literally like punishing me, like saying, you're not listening. So it's going to take you. 30 days to get through this verse taking you a day, you know, if you would have just followed my directions. And so I started really weighing my options and being like, it's not worth it. Like, it's not worth it to not be obedient. And, to you know, to this day, I still have to tell myself, Kristen, it's not worth it. Like, you need to spend more time with God. You need to sit, sit more with him, sit in quiet more, by yourself more, isolate yourself more, just so that you can continue to get the strategy and the direction that you need, because where he's taking me is not a game. Like it is not a, a, a joke. It's not like, ah, I'm in education or, ah, you know, I'm building this company. It's like, there are lives at stake. There are people's lives that I'm literally changing. And there are, these are, I wouldn't say babies, but these are young adults, kids that, can go either one way or the other, you know, and that the the other way is not going to be, um, 
the the way that's going to allow them to excel, you know, in wherever field they want to go into. The other way is literally allowing them to backtrack and continuing to be, you know, a part of a generational curse and a generational cycle that continues to happen. And so the work that I'm doing is heavy, heavy work. And I, I believe that since God started showing me how deep of the work is, I believe that there's a deeper commitment that comes with it. Um, and so not being obedient is a deeper consequence, you know? And so it's like, do I want to take that consequence or do I just want to do it right the first time, you know? And so that's really, uh, what started making me say, okay, God, I'm yours. Like, I, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want no problems. I don't want no smoke, you know, with you. Cause it's like, I'm going to just have to keep going around and around in circles every time. So I think that that's where, that's where my faith just started, like going to another level. Like, I mean, it, it, it's to a point now where like, and I'll be as transparent as possible with this because I'm, I'm building a, a company, but my company is, is supposed to be a corporation, you know, like, it, it, and it will be a corporation where there are many people that are in my company that are working with me to get this work done. And so with that being said, you know, God, I'm like, okay, I have to have faith on the finances to even fund all of these people that I already see working for me and working with me. I have to be able to, to have the resources and the faith to say, hey, God, once these people are on, I know you're going to continue to make a way for me to pay all of these people to continue to work with me, you know? So um, it's just really having a level of, I would say is really growing in a deeper level of faith. Cause everybody has, I believe everybody has some, some form of faith, but like it's levels to this, this faith life, you know? So you can have a little bit of faith, but when you, when you go to a deeper level where everything you do, you're literally trusting God, Every single decision that you make, even before you open your mouth, you know, to answer someone in a response for a meeting, you're in the back of your mind asking God, what is the answer? Don't let me speak out of turn, you know, and letting yourself decrease and letting him increase in every single meeting you go to. That's the level of faith that I'm on right now. It's like, but I have to be on that because if I'm not on that, I, I, as I told you, God put me in a field that I'm technically not qualified for. So if I'm not on that level of faith every day or operating in that level of faith every day, I can't truly be who God wants me to be or who he has called me to be. It can't happen. That is so good. And I mean, it's so true. And I hope that y'all are really taking this stuff to heart as you're listening, because I think a lot of people want to be called or a lot of people recognize that they're called. And it's funny because looking back, I guess when God first called me and told me the magnitude of who I was, I spent so much time in like the feelings of it. <laughs> like, Oh God, why are you calling me? Oh, right. Like I spent all this time in that thinking that, Oh, once I get over this part, it's going to be easy <laughs> It's so much harder oh once God. you get into it. Yes. The the responsibility is so much. Like I went through stuff the last few weeks and the enemy knows your weak spots. And so I'm like Teflon. I'm a tough chick, but I have weak spots too. <laughs> yep. And he knows the weeks, my weak spots. So he was hitting me right there. And I was to a point where I was frustrated with God because there are some things that I was believing in God for. And I felt like they was mine and it would, it, I would see it happen and then it would get taken away. And I'm like, God, why are you playing with me? Like mm -hmm. I would get to just this frustrated space. 
And I had to be to to sit with myself and be like, Tatum, you don't you know that the enemy got a target on your head? Mm. Like you think you're moving into new territories. Right. You're not only not only are you because you've gotten kind of used to the level you at right now, in a sense, where you know the impact you have because you've had it for a little bit now. But you're moving into the point where you're going to imp- the nations that you're impacting are going to impact nations. Come on. Yes. Like, do you understand what that means? That if you're helping people like develop their voice and creating shows that are going to reach millions of people, that means your territory is increasing. That means that you're triggering and igniting things in in, in um, people that's going to be huge for the kingdom of God. Yes. You think he's not going to come for you? And yes. I and this is how I talk to me because I'm telling you, if ain't nobody going to hold yes. me accountable, I'm going to get me together. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you don't have time to be worried about how you feel. You know better. God has been, God ain't never lied to you before and God has been too good to you. So you cry your little tears, do whatever you gotta do, but you better get up mm-hmm. and get back to work because it's, the it, you got too much riding on this. Mm-hmm. And that's for people who, who are, I mean, I feel like just as I'm talking, it might be some people who are going to listen to this, who are thinking about abandoning their call because of how difficult it is. Or they may be thinking about like doing it without God because doing it with him, it seems like it's taking too much time. Or they may be so overwhelmed by the fact that they're unqualified that they can't even get anywhere. Like the fear or whatever is kind of keeping you stuck. But you have to trust God. And that's something uh, I'm reminded of what you said in the beginning about being mature about your business. You got to be mature about God's work as well. And a, a part of maturity, if you know you got a child or you got mouths to feed, no matter how you feel, you're going to get up and go to work because you got stuff to do. You got people to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so those of us who God has entrusted us with people, God has entrusted you with the next generation. Like that is serious. God has entrusted me with so many people and God, if God care about nothing else in this world, he loves and cares about his people. Mm -hmm. So if you have the responsibility or the privilege to be able to impact God's people, you better remember who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't have the luxury of falling off. And some people may view it as a burden. It's not a burden. It's a luxury to do God's work. And it's a privilege to do God's work yeah. because he says he's going to go before me and make crooked paths straight. Yeah. He told me that everything I touch prospers. He told me that all things work out for my, for uh, the good of those who are, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Those are like stipulations, by the way, because a lot of people mm-hmm. be like, all things work out for my good. Well, sis, if those other two things don't apply, right. All things may not work out for your good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> Because you're left out a part of the scripture. So you need to get back on track. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if Kristen didn't follow God, that accident may not have worked out for her good. Mm -hmm. Like I said, she might have been back in Atlanta wilding right now or whatever, or on Love and Hip Hop. Yep. Doing something (laughs) crazy. You know what I mean? I was caught up in that life. I was caught up. And like, to to be out of the life now and looking back into it, it's like, this is such a, such a more beautiful life. It's such a, I feel like I'm living my best life now, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm living it better than I've ever lived it before because it's, I just feel whole. I feel, um, I feel like I'm doing the like work that is, that is literally changing lives and it's impactful and it's what God intended, you know? So those circles don't, don't, don't play around when God, when I, when God calls you and he tells you to do something, 
understand the importance and the level of um, importance that that you have to obey. You have to, you just have to. Yes. So, what was the difference then? Because your your PR business was successful, and now you're successful in God's business. What has been the difference from that? worldly success versus kingdom success and how do you do things because you said something key too um you said how y'all would like pray before things or whatever but it's not like the way that it is now what was the key difference um so first of all you know i literally built this business off of the foundation of god like every single move i made i was like god what's up like what's up you know like because i i I didn't know this, you know, this world like that. So I, I couldn't do nothing but either read a book or, you know, ask God, what's up? Like, where do I go from here? You know, um, but I also had very uh, amazing people in my life. You know, um, you know, Raven was one of uh, is one of my really good friends. But also um, one thing that she really, really, really helped me on besides, you know, some business stuff. But she helped me on um, just pushing me in um, and knowing who I was in God, because one thing about Ray is like, she, she wasn't raised in like, she probably was, I mean, she went to church, but she wasn't like her whole family wasn't involved in church. And I think one thing that I admire about her so much is that she's bold in the calling that she had on her life. And I saw the transition from what, how God transitioned her and just how we both have been transitioned at in, in, in our timing. But it inspired me so much because even when she didn't know, like, what God was even talking about. She was like, okay, God, I'm just going, I'm just going to go after you. And that made me like, okay, girl, you know, like, cause I saw who we were in college and for us to both like transition was just a blessing to me. So I had to have those type of people around that were literally pushing me to walk in, you know, my gifts as well. Um, but then also my mentor, uh, Dr. Kingsley Fletcher, he is a king in Ghana. Um, he's also my pastor in North Carolina, but he is a very, and he's, he's a dear, uh, uh, father to me. I call him a father. He's a father figure to me. Um, but he really spoke into my life, um, and into my business, uh, and really was saying that you're called for this work, you know, and you may not understand it, but this is what you're supposed to do. And those affirmations, um, and those declarations and really having people in your corner that is godly people. I'm not talking about worldly people. I'm talking about people that are literally standing on the principles of God. They are reciting scriptures in your ears. They are, you know, telling you that you are called. They are telling you that the work that you're doing is bigger than you can even imagine. Those type of people surrounding yourself with those type of people is really important to to kingdom success. But then also kingdom success is is a deeper level of, of success because you're thinking about like material things and riches, but when your soul, when your soul is, is just at a place where it feels rested, you know, like in God, when I, when I wake up in the morning, like I'd be really like, if people could like have a camera on me in the morning, like I'd be dancing, you know, like I'm like, Oh, like I'm excited about my day because it's like, I'm walking in my purpose you know, and I'm, and in that worldly success is like, you really don't know if you're walking your purpose. And then like, I have the times when I was like, you know, in my other business, I'll be like drinking and be drunk, whatever, and wake up and it'd be like 12 o'clock, you know, like I'll be have hungover, like my day won't be successful, you know? And then in this world, it's like, 
I'm getting up, like I'm excited. It's 530. I'm waking up. I'm like, okay, God, what's today going to bring? Like, it's just a different feeling. And then your spirit of discernment, like when in the kingdom success world, because you, you, your discernment has to be on point. And I pray every day for discernment because all money is not good money. All deals are not good deals. And, you know, I have, I've had people come up to me and literally being like, oh, I want to, you know, buy your company or I want to like do all these things. And I'm, and it sounds good, but I'm like, nah, that's not what God wants. You know, this is the work that he called me to do. He ain't called me to just like up and sell my, what I have like to nobody or up and sell my ideas. Like he called me, Kristen Danielle Hopkins to do this type of work. So like, that's what I feel um, is just, it's a different type of movement. It's a different type of swag to have kingdom, kingdom success and just, to, to understand like who you are in God, because that worldly success, you don't know who you are. You don't have no real identity. You know, you're trying to like attach yourself to every type of person that you feel like you have those qualities to possess. And this is who you think you are, but in God, Oh, you want to know your name. You're going to know who you are. You're going to know why you came to where you are now, how you got there. And you're going to understand the foundation of what you stand on. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. If you're a business owner, you don't need me to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software that you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything that you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing millions or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash blessed. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash blessed. That's netsuite.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. Absolutely. Like that confidence that you can have. I think confidence is a privilege that we all have. Um, about doing kingdom work, but it's one that we don't often take advantage of because we get so focused on what we see or how we feel. Right. Those are the things because the devil would love to steal your joy. If he can't make the promise go away because he can't, he'll make sure that you're at least miserable until you get there. Oh, yeah. So I think that confidence is something we, for you guys listening, we got to hold on to that. Like what? God told me to go to go back to DC. I don't even got no place to live. Cool. I'm going because I know that my Lord is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So let me just go so I could tell people the amazing things that God is going to do or what God want me to do this. And I don't have no background, but let me go do it. Cause I yep. know it's about to be lit because yep. I know the God that I serve. So I think if we walk, like you said, a different swag, if we tap into that level of confidence every day, like we could really make some things happen and not get distracted by how we feel, not get distracted by disappointments because of 
uh, expectations that we may have set, if we really just tap into that, then you could live in kingdom success no matter where you are in your journey. You could not be making no money, but you successful because God said that he's going to make you successful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's And it's one thing I want to point out because I want you to tell your DC story, but it's one thing that I want to point out. You were saying about um, the importance of having people around like real kingdom people. And Mm -hmm. I want to tell you guys that's listening one, this a set of people you need to stay away from as you're uh, growing in the things of God and chasing after God, the number one group of people you need to stay away from are not the sinners. You need to stay away from the lukewarm people. Mm, Come on. The lukewarm people are who's going to cause you to get messed up. Mm. The sin, the people who've been like, I don't believe in God. I'm not dealing with that. They made up their mind. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? They not like, Hey, do you boo? But the ones you need to stay away from is the ones that have one foot in and one foot out. Cause they're going to mess you up every mm-hmm. single time. Do not be out here telling your lukewarm friends about your business ideas. Don't be out here yeah. telling your lukewarm friends about the things that God has you doing that don't make sense. Cause they're going to pull you back into the world every single time. Mm-hmm. The, God is so clear about this. He says you were neither, I think it's in revelations. He said you were neither hot nor cold cause you were lukewarm. I spit you out of my mouth. Like that is aggressive. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He is very clear about where he stands with things. Mm. So you need to be very clear in your decision-making of who you finna serve because you can't serve the God in heaven and the God of this world, which is the devil. You can't serve both Mm. because the second you do, you'll be just like the people of Israel. You'll compromise and then you'll just put yourself in, in a corrupt state because compromise comes before corruption. Yeah. So for everybody that's listening, I have to warn you, do stay away as you're trying to build your, you got into entrepreneurship, you're trying to build your circle. You want to be in the boss babe tribe and mm-hmm. you want to be the girl boss link, man, it's better to be by yourself right. with just you and God than it is to be surrounded up with a bunch of lukewarm people. Come on, Tina. Who out here in, oh, I started a business, so I'm somebody. Bye. That business ain't doing nothing. You don't even know you. Right. Like Kristen said, when, you, when you're when you out here chasing worldly success, you don't know what you're doing. You, you may have some good strategies that may make you some money, but that is nothing compared to what God has for you. What'd you say? Last. I said and it don't last. What God has is sustainable. It will last. What mm-hmm. the world has, it will not last. It will be. It will look good for a time period, but it will not last. Absolutely. So y'all, like I said, stay away from them lukewarm people. But Kristen, I I have to get you to tell this story because like I said, you are just such a great example of blind obedience, just doing whatever God tells you to do and being like, dang, this worked. (laughs) So tell the story about you moving back to DC recently. Okay. So real quick, cause I'm going to try to keep it brief because it's such a, a long detailed story, but I will say that we did go to, um, I went to the Prosper conference last year. And before we started the conference, it was me, Tiff, and it was uh, Raven. Um, and we were in a room and we were like literally laying before the Lord praying just about everything from the conference to, you know, just everything in our lives. And I think that was the first time I met Tiff in person. Um, and so um, and I felt like I already had knew her, but we were just like going in before the Lord and do like um, halfway through Tip looked at me and she said, are you supposed to be doing something in DC? And I was like, 
what? Like, and it was like, I literally like stopped everything I was doing. And, you know, Raven's mouth was wide open, like, oh my God. Cause you knew, you know, I, I'm in DC and I work with DC um, schools. So I was like, oh my God, no, what was going on? She was like, no, I hear that you're supposed to be doing something legendary in DC. So literally I got on the plane after the conference, got on the plane and I was writing for like, I wrote about 14 pages on my ride. I mean, on my a plane ride home. And once I got at, at the house, I couldn't even go to sleep. I went right to the closet and I lay before the Lord. And because I had already heard a like I, in my in my like in my head and I didn't know it was God or not. I had already heard DC, DC, DC. And I didn't know what that meant. So I literally like lay before the Lord and was like, what do you mean by this? Like what do you even mean by this? And so I heard God say, you need to move now. This is the same thing I heard God say when I went back to Atlanta. I didn't even tell y'all. I, I was literally at my, my mom's, went to my mom's and dad's, you know, wrote my book. And then I went back to Atlanta, which I never should have done. So I went back to Atlanta. And when I was in Atlanta the, the second time, it was like a gavel. Like I was in my office in Atlanta. I heard it was a gavel. It was like, boom. And I heard God literally say, it's time to move now. And he allowed me to move out of my, I had a townhome at the time. It was like a three bedroom, four bath townhome in Atlanta. And I literally called my landlord and he told me, I told him, I, I just got to go. I don't know why I got to go. I can't even really explain it to you, but I, I got to move. And he allowed me to leave there with paying nothing, literally like someone moved in the next week. So while I was in my closet in DC, I mean, in, in North Carolina, I was literally laying before the Lord and I heard him say, move. And I said, God, come on. Like I'm in the middle of this lease. Like what you mean? Like, come on. And I heard him so clearly say, I did it for you, but for you before. Like, do you not know what God you serve? Do you not know who you talking to? Like, wow. I've done this for you before. You got out of your lease before and you paid nothing. So I'm like, okay. So I started literally the next day, I started packing up my stuff. Like I started getting boxes and everything. And this was in, the conference was in what, September? Um, so I started packing myself like boxes, didn't know what I was doing. Just like packing myself boxes, like little here and there. They didn't tell nobody. And so I didn't even tell my leasing office. I didn't tell none, nobody that I was, just, I was just trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and so I uh, went to DC, maybe like December um, and met with uh, one of my cousin's uh, friends, kind of find out she had a place that she was trying to, she was trying to move out that place and move to her new house and like, got me in her place, whatever. So I was like, okay, now I have a place got, but now I'm getting out my apartment or whatever. So went back to uh, North Carolina, praised some more. Um, and I said, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know? And I was finally sitting off of there, like, you're going to have to pay like two months rent, plus da, da, da. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I, I can't afford that. You know, I looked at the manager, I said, I can't afford that. And she was like, well, I was like, how many, you know, um, places that like my unit is available in this entire complex. And she said, your, your unit is the only unit. And so I was like, so that means someone's going to have to like, someone's rent going to rent it. Like, you know, how is it going to be the only, you know, unit that, that someone's not going to rent? And it was like the remodeled units. So she was like, um, I mean, you could take a bet on it. She was like, so if you, I guess she was like, you just want to, you know, don't pay. And if someone doesn't move in, you got to still pay. But if someone moves in, you don't have to pay. 
you could just walk away. And so I was like, okay, cool. I, I'll, you know, let's just do that. Bet. You know, I was like, I think that's a deal. Cause all, mm-hmm. all, I, all I knew was like, God, you gonna have to work this out. Like this is just mm-hmm. what we And so I literally packed up all my stuff, put, you know, a lot of my stuff in storage and moved down to, to DC with my other stuff. And, um, my neighbor called me like maybe three weeks into me moving. And she said, Hey, Kristen, just wanted to let you know, someone just moved in your place. Wow. <laughs> now I was like, are you serious? So I, I literally had like dropped the phone and started shouting because I was still in back of my mind thinking I got to pay this money plus the money I'm paying now for rent. So I'm like, I literally dropped my phone, start crying and like shouting. And I pick up the phone. She's like, Kristen, 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 like, <laughs> are you there? <laughs> are you there? Hello? So then she's like, yo, my name. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? I was like, I'm sorry, girl. I was like, I'm just like overwhelmed with joy. Da, da, da. She was like, yeah. And guess what her name is? And I was like, what's her name? Tatum, why was the woman's name Faith? <laughs> fell out. I said, God, you are so funny. Mm. How could you let a woman move in there named Faith? Like you was, this is just a confirmation for me. Like for this, this woman, she don't even know what she done did. She just thinking she got herself a new spot. And I'm like, you don't even know what you just walked into, like the the realm that you just broke, you know, like, and I, mm-hmm. I walk, I'm walking into something so powerful just because you chose to move in my space and your name is called Faith. And so God was just reiterating to me, like, I told you, don't ever question me. Like, whatever I say th- that you need to do, you're going to do it. And it was the easiest transition that I've ever done in my entire life. One of the easiest transitions, like. Literally, like I moved and boom, I was, I was there and I was, I got to work the next week and I was testing my theory of change and I was doing my data collections and I was, you know, making sure that the program was as successful as it can be so that I can push this out to even more schools that I'm working with and show, you know, what, what the the new strategies that we've come up with. And so God was showing me what I needed to do, but that obedience was like, was everything. It was, it was key for me. And that's why, you know, I'm in DC now because of that, you know? (sighs) Well, Mayor Kristen, it ain't really nothing else we could say. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nothing else we can say at all. Mayor Kristen, it is nothing else that we can say. So when you run for office, (laughs) just let me know. Cause the, the mayor we got now, I think her name Mariel Bowser. She yeah. don't eat mumble sauce, so she yeah. gotta go. Like, <laughs> you know, I eat mumble sauce for all my fries and chicken, girl. You don't gotta worry about that. <laughs> so sis gotta go. Yeah. So I know, like, guy is gonna do some amazing things through you in DC, and we already know about your political future. <laughs> God done already spoke. So I'm just going to call you Mayor Kristen from oh, here Lord. out. Okay, Lord. I'm accepting. <laughs> just let me know when where I gotta vote, what where I gotta go march with my signs. I don't care. I'll oh, be out God. here. Okay? Like, what we doing? What we doing? Uh, our advertisements on Blessed Boss Up. Best believe. <laughs> okay. DC Blessing Boss Up Riley in DC. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but tell everybody like where they can get your book tell them about your um affirmation book that you have out as well yeah. and where they can follow you all that good stuff 
Yeah, so um, you can get my book off dangersofthemind.com, any of my resources. We also have a clothing line. Um, one of my uh, really uh, favorite uh, things on my line is called Legacy Over Lights. And it's really important to me to for us to remember the legacy. Let's, let's not live for the validation of other people, but let's live for the legacy. And of course, what God has given us to, to do on this earth and let's be able to fulfill that legacy for our, not only for ourselves, but for our families and our future generations to come. Um, my affirmation book is the 30 day affirmation book, uh, is a 30 day challenge. And so every single day it sets you up for a affirmation. Like, you know, the first day is forgiveness and freedom. And you have to speak those affirmations in the morning, the, the mid, uh, midday and at night. And so, um, one of, one of, one of a, a powerful quote that I, I wrote in one of my books or the affirmation book is, um, for the, Second day is power and influence. And it says, know your power so that your influence can live up to it. And so I really speak to the the uh, knowing yourself, knowing what you possess and knowing the power that you have within and knowing, of course, who God is in your life. And so that you can live up to that power every single day. You can live up to it um, with your influence, with who you who you reach. So that's a really good tool to use when you need to start speaking uh, daily affirmations over your life, but just challenging yourself to position your mind a bit differently as you start your days. Um, so all of those things could be uh, accessed on or um, bought on dangersofthemind.com. And then you can find me um, on Instagram, Kristen D. Hopkins, K-R-I-S-T-E-N. D Hopkins. Um, and then our, the company's Instagram is dangers of the mind. And you can find that on every single platform, uh, whether it's YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, um, we're on it. Cool. So I'll put all of that in the show notes, y'all. So y'all can just click on the links and go wherever it is you need to go. Um, Kristen, thank you so much. This was like, I always get this feeling when I have an episode when I know it's going to be good. And this one is like top five. Oh, yay! Thank you so much for being yeah. a part of the show. Just thank you for what you're doing for the kids. Like, thank you. Working with the next generation, I think, is one of the most powerful things that anybody could do. So, like, I'm so appreciative of the work that you do. And just thanks for sharing your story on the podcast. Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. And hopefully my story um, has or will bless someone uh, that's listening and allow them to understand that, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight and to just be obedient um, to what you hear and act on it. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate um, because there are several people that's waiting for the gifts that you have to bring to the world. Amen. So that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you guys next week. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.